Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Patton. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast. My guest is Michael Mansky, President and CEO of Global Data Sciences, a company helping manufacturers and distributors with the supply chain, predictive analytics, shop floor visualization, inventory reduction, and EDI. So what does all that have to do with space commerce? Let's find out. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. Let's talk first a little bit about your background. How did you get into this business? Uh, I worked in corporate America for uh, decades. And in the last corporate engagement that I had, I was working for a $400 million a year company uh, who was not taking uh, aspects of the business seriously when it th- came to things like uh, inventory management and supply chain. And um, the company itself uh, folded uh, rather abruptly due to financial issues and so forth. And as the company was folding, uh, one of the executives from the group that was helping them fold the company approached me and took a look at uh, some of the information that I had given the executive team regarding steps they could have taken to sustain and salvage the business. And he looked right at me and he said, you know, if they'd have followed your direction, young man, uh, they would still be around. And uh, he said, so you should go and do this for a living. And I'm like, what? And he said, no. He said, uh, you know, you have the you have the strength, you have the knowledge, uh, you've got the background. And he said, uh, there's plenty of businesses out there that could benefit from, uh, you know, basically the type of the type of information and challenges and so forth that I had uh, witnessed myself. And he said, you should go do it. So I did. I started Global Data Sciences in 2007, and uh, we have not looked back. But there's always that leap of saying, I'm not going to be getting a regular paycheck anymore. I've got to go out and scrape it up myself. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, and the, you know, then the first few years, you know, were a bit of a challenge, but, uh, you know, as the, uh, you know, the market at the time was having some issues and so forth, uh, we, we overcame all that. And, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we do what we do. <laughs> so... Well, let's talk about that a little bit, starting with what's going on here on planet Earth. Tell us what Global Data Sciences does. Okay. So we engage uh, with companies, and uh, initially, largely so much in the manufacturing space, who will identify a problem uh, or an issue, and they'll call us in and say, hey, can you take a look at this for us? And, uh, you know, a lot of them are process related. Some of the things we've been exposed to are businesses that have been doing things the same way for the last 35 or 40 years. And as uh, you know, things have changed uh, radically, okay, over the last five years, for example. And we'll come in and we'll take a look at the processes, procedures, uh, and, you know, trying to, you know, understand who's, you know, uh, who's who in the enterprise and so forth. And how does that impact uh, the, the business overall? And usually what happens is, is we get called in to help fix the problems, and those problems could be technology related, uh, they could be uh, business process related, and so forth. And uh, that uh, does typically lead to much longer term uh, relationships. Now, recently, we've heard supply chain, supply chain, supply chain, everything from nothing in the grocery stores to 
uh, not being able to get chips for cars and so many issues with the supply chain. How do you help companies deal with their supply chain issues? Well, that is a really good question uh, because the, you know, the supply chain issue itself has existed for a very long time. And there were some uh, red flags that came up uh, earlier this century regarding the fact that uh, the system itself didn't really have a plan B. All right. We just uh, experienced that with COVID. Uh, you know, the, the, the plan A was, you know, everybody ran things as normal. Okay. And uh, there was, you know, just disruptions that are still continuing to this day. So our goal is when we engage with a company that's having supply chain issues, we help identify exactly where the critical points of failure are, see if we can help them resolve any existing uh, production problems they're having regarding uh, materials and so forth. And then we help them to develop a plan B, if you will, so that uh, they're not faced with the same problem again, because this will occur again. And we haven't seen the end of uh, the current crisis. And when it comes to things like microchips, so few of them are produced here in the United States. How, how do you how do you help a company uh, make plans for being able to get what they need when they don't have any control over over the manufacturing? Mm-hmm. So there's two initiatives there. Uh, you know, what, one is to you know, basically help the company understand how they could reestablish control. And some of that is moving aspects of the manufacturing process back to uh, a more domestic region, okay, as opposed to having to rely uh, solely on uh, the offshore resources. And I want to be clear that I'm not slamming offshore resources at all. But, uh, you know, what I'm saying is, is, you you know, based on what we have seen, there's disruptions there as well. So really what we need to do is take a step back, okay, analyze where the disruptions occurred figure out what makes sense as far as trying to normalize the supply chain, if you will, because if, you know, if we were to carry that problem off world, uh, that could be just absolutely horrifying. Do you have a typical client? Actually, they're, um, they're all over the map right now because everybody's having similar problems. Okay. So in the, in the manufacturing space, uh, we've got uh, a couple of very, very large clients that uh, uh, make components for uh, a variety of industries. And they, they're actually doing pretty well because I think they saw some of this coming. But uh, again, you know, their, their processes, their shipping and so forth and so on, uh, and raw materials movement do rely on some of those other systems that are breaking at the moment. On the other side, We've got uh, small clients that are, uh, you know, roughly, uh, uh, you know, maybe in that uh, $100 million a year range, okay, or less. And they're uh, small businesses that are trying to get their, uh, I'll use this analogy, uh, coffee cups on the shelves at Walmart, okay, okay or, uh, or selling things through Amazon. And there's a variety of issues that clients on both ends have to acknowledge in doing business with, again, the big box people, okay, um, our friends at Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, and so forth, they all have their own way of doing business. Mm-hmm. And there's a standard in place called the EDI, which is the Electronic Data Interchange. And that is the mechanism by which, um, you know, uh, transmission of orders and invoices and so forth, that I'm speaking at a very high level, okay, sure. requirements are, are put out there, those requirements are supposed to be met and so forth. 
Well, between the manufacturers and the big box people, they take those standards and are <laughs> one of the things we chuckle at is we say uh, people follow them as a suggestion. Okay, not a standard. And that is also where some of the problems have come in. And uh, it's trying to get businesses to acknowledge that when they sign an agreement to sell coffee mugs to Walmart, that they have to make sure that all aspects of the business understand the agreement that they have just entered into. And the unfortunate side of that is when the process fails or there's a disruption, nine times out of 10, they blame the poor guys in IT. Okay. And it's not IT's responsibility. Okay, from a you know from a, a communication and mechanism uh, aspect, yes, that's uh, exactly what IT is supposed to do. But they're not the ones who entered into the agreement. Uh, you know, neither are the folks in the warehouses. And so, you know, it's just making sure that everybody understands the processes, understands fulfillment, not only their obligations to the end customer, but also what the penalties are if they don't make them. And uh, that's a that's a challenge. And it's one of the things we, we do. Uh, one of the larger challenges that we saw during COVID was when you've, uh, let's, say you, let's say you have an office with maybe 100 people in the office. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, there was the COVID shutdown. And everybody had to work from home. The percentage of people that could actually work from home and get the job done was very low. Uh, you know, lower than you would think. Uh, in some cases, under 25%. And that's a problem because, you know, the, you know the processes and so forth kind of fell off the, <laughs> pardon the pun, fell off the face of the earth and people had to step back and, uh, uh, you know, take another look. So we got called in on a lot of uh, uh, projects like that. The other thing that we're seeing is uh, people in there, uh, uh, you know, as they're, as they're approaching um, either wanting to retire, okay, or just maybe have a little bit more free time. Uh, they don't want to follow those or not follow. They don't want to participate in those things anymore. So they retire. Okay. Or move on to a job that's maybe not quite as stressful. Well, the issue at hand is, is if you've got, uh, you know, somebody that's been maintaining the process for 20 years and they decide that they're going to all of a sudden retire or move to a different job, uh, there's a vacuum there that has to be filled. And one of the challenges we've seen is people don't understand the vacuum. Okay, right. or uh, we'll step back and say, "Oh, that's easy." Okay, without understanding <laughs> all the details, <laughs> and that is where um, uh, you know we step in and we help. Yeah, it's it's easy once you know the secret, I guess. <laughs> well, and there's a and there's a there's an aspect that I like to use with people when uh, because, you know sometimes people will throw the term artificial intelligence. We need right. more artificial intelligence. Okay. Uh, I'm not really a buzz phrase guy because I know where the buzz phrases uh, originate from. You know, they're all they're marketing terms, and I'm not slamming marketing people because they all have to have jobs. But at the end of the day, uh, there is a term that, uh, and and this is a little bit uh, in reference to my MIT background. There's a term that I love to use uh, called machine learning. All right, right. But it's a, but it's a question that I pose to people when the term comes up, and I just straight up say, "Hey, who are the machines?" Well, we are. Sure. So every decision that we make as a business or as individuals plugs into the company, okay, that we're, you know, we're trying to work with or we belong to and so forth. And that has this, this uphill or downhill effect, depending on, again, your understanding of how things are supposed to work. Moving ahead, Michael, what do you see 
as far as the terrestrial aspect of your business is concerned as the biggest issues affecting manufacturers and distributors? And then we'll go off planet here in just a moment. So, you know, uh, from the, <laughs> the terrestrial sense, okay, well, and I had given up a, a presentation on the, uh, 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 at the overview roundtable a couple of months back. Unless we step back and we take a look at everything that just happened with um, COVID and the impact that uh, it had on everyone globally, it's, it's time to take a step back and look at that. Because if we don't change things, and uh, kind of regroup from a foundational thinking aspect, this exact same scenario will happen again, and it will. And there's there's another component to what we do, and this is a um, this is something that I preach to my team because our our, our presence is global. Uh, there's uh, you know we we support uh, operations in uh, uh, 18, 18 countries worldwide. The uh, only uh, continent we're not on is Antarctica. Okay, <laughs> so, so although I'd like to visit there, but but uh, yeah. you know, one, one of the things I have you know, I have preached to my people is I've said, okay, and this goes to moving off off planet as well. We can never assume similarity with who we're dealing with in the various cultures that we're dealing with globally. Okay, as well as the businesses, and you know that could be you know that could be a culture in Africa and a business in Africa, or that could be something right here in the United States. If you walk in and you assume that everybody is thinking the same way that you are, okay, uh, that's a problem. And I think globally, everybody just has to embrace that and understand it. And the second thing is, and this is, uh, this is my message to C-suite folks, okay, we can come in and we can, we can tell you what you want to hear, or we can tell you what you need to hear. And uh, that's uh, what telling you what you need to hear is exactly what we thrive on. All right. Now, you know, if somebody wants to accept that, awesome. If they don't want to accept that, um, hey, we can help you later. (laughs) I'm talking with Michael Mansky, president and CEO of Global Data Sciences on the Xterra podcast. Take a moment right now to click subscribe to be sure you don't miss any of our podcasts. Or if you're watching on YouTube, any of the videos from Xterra, the Journal of Space Commerce. All right, Michael, let's get off the planet and talk about the space industry. You're on the advisory board of the Stellar Modal Transportation Association. How did, how did John get you involved in that process? Uh, it was interesting because uh, uh, John and I were um, on a couple of ORT um, sessions. Okay, uh, the overview effect uh, roundtable. Okay, and uh, you know apparently there were some folks involved in that that directed him to me. And mm-hmm. uh, we just got to, and also I was directed to him. So, you know, we got together and kind of discussed the nature of what uh, Stellar Modal is about and how we could possibly help. And uh, we formed uh, our partnership that way. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that space commerce has and is going to experience a lot of the same issues as terrestrial industry counterparts. Mm-hmm. But how do you think space commerce is going to differ in its logistical issues? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, and, and, and this kind of comes back to the statement I made earlier about making sure we don't, ass- we don't assume similarity, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the commerce side itself, there's so many players in it right now. And in my mind, what is going on now is relatively simple. Okay, so the crews go to the space station, for example. Everybody knows uh, logistically what they need to sustain there, and they follow those processes. 
and they apparently follow them quite well. But once you uh, expand beyond that, you know, uh, several hundred times fold, all right, those same processes, maybe aspects of them will work, but other ones need to be developed. And one of the things that, you know, if, if we look at right now what's happening in the world, okay, and I'm talking about, uh, without diving into a lot of detail, I'm talking about the crisis in uh, uh, Europe at the moment, okay, mm-hmm. that's one piece of the puzzle, just one. Okay. And the thing is, is as we, you know, again, move off world and begin to expand and so forth, we have got to make sure that we've put the right systems in place. And by the way, I think we need to, and this kind of comes back to everything I said about a plan B, if you will, we can't just go there with a plan A. We, we really need to rethink the aspects of supply chain, how they work, and more importantly, who is responsible so that Everything is delivered when it's supposed to be delivered in a timely manner and so forth. So if you know you were working uh, uh, on a mining operation on the moon, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, your favorite dessert was Oreo cookies, you're not going to be happy if all <laughs> that you're not going to get your Oreo cookies for four months. Now I'm using that as kind of a laughable scenario, but those are the you know those are the challenges that uh, that are facing us now. Some of the manufacturing aspects could be taken off world. And again, that, that will involve kind of an assessment of what is part of the critical process and how, um, you know, uh, how to build the foundation for that. Right. I don't believe for a second that we could take everything we're doing today in reference to getting the coffee cups to Walmart, okay, mm-hmm. and move that off world. I, I don't right. think it's, you know, I don't think that's going to happen, okay. And I mean no disrespect to Walmart or any of the entities that I've mentioned, because uh, you know they're in business and they serve the public very, very well. But uh, all those processes behind the scenes that run the show are going to have to be re-engineered. Sure. And, and there will be 3D manufacturing and in-situ use of resources and such on places like the moon, but it's going to be a while before Nabisco puts a bakery there. Yeah. <laughs> so I would want my Oreo cookies. But... That's right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, interesting. Um, may, can, I, I would like to share a, a couple of things with you. Sure. And, and these are more historical items that I happen to have. And this is, this is in reference to manufacturing here on Earth. Okay. But I think you'll get a kick out of them in reference to the time period. Okay. Mm-hmm. My family, um, uh, way, way, way back in the day, owned a farm in Illinois. And my father was trudging around the farm fields and found this. Okay. For those of you listening on a podcast, he's holding up a nice shiny, looks like a river stone. Well, actually it's an engineered piece of rock. Okay. Uh, as you can tell, there's, a. Uh, it looks like a machined piece of, uh, of mm-hmm. uh, right. Okay. And uh, my dad found that along with some arrowheads and so forth. So it sat in the family collection for a very long time. Uh, my sisters took that rock at one point and covered it with colored crayon and they used it as a couch for their Barbie dolls. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was able to uh, retrieve it later in life and get it cleaned up. And I went and um, actually had uh, uh, an archeologist take a look at it. And they explained to me two things, uh, age of the rocks, uh, maybe it's Neolithic period. Okay. So you know, it's kind of a wide range, but you know, let's just, just call it 2000 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they explained to me that back in the day in 
uh, Illinois, there was a whole distribution slash manufacturing process where people went and collected the materials needed, okay, and bartered for, you know, for and with whatever, all right. And then there were other aspects of people that took it to the manufacturing level, if you will, and began to grind down the stones so that they, they met a more uh, useful function and so forth. Now, the other thing I'm going to share with you is this kind of flat piece of rock, but it's not really, okay. it's a, it is a paving stone. Okay. okay. And you could, you could tell that it's pretty well machined and thought out in the whole nine yards. And there's layers of, uh, of uh, uh, materials in this. Okay. This was fabricated in roughly the same time period during the Roman empire. Mm. And it's, it's an artifact that came into, into my possession. Now, the thing to remember is both of those cultures, if you will, were on roughly opposite sides of the globe at the same time period. Sure. But they all had their processes. Okay. The, yep. uh, the Indians here in America, okay, uh, got those, uh, you know, those rocks cut to the right, uh, you know, uh, the right uh, uh, piece so that they could use them, you know, appropriately. Okay. And on the other side of the world, they made paving stones to move, uh, you know, large materials from one side of the Roman Empire to the other. All right. Again, those two aspects of uh, our civilization had no idea who was on the other side of the world. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so as we move into space, those are things to think about because as, as we develop as a culture off planet, um, yes, you know, things, uh, you know, uh, people that are working on the moon and developing uh, uh, items on the moon, okay, uh, might not be able to do the same thing on Mars, all right? Sure. However, uh, there could be quite the trading uh, uh, component set up between the moon and Mars. Maybe the Martians can make better Oreo cookies than Nabisco can <laughs> I just wanted you to never know. Yep. <laughs> so, so Michael, how do you envision GDS, the role playing out and, and evolving as space commerce evolves and in that arena? Okay. Well, what I, you know, like to see us be able to do is work with getting the, the, the various manufacturers uh, the, to have a different way of thinking in reference to cleaning up the problem that we have here on earth, okay? But in, in addition to that, developing a solid strategy and methodology that would work in space that could not be disrupted by another COVID outbreak or some type of uh, geopolitical storm that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we know, uh, you know the, unfortunately the aspects of uh, what's going on in Europe right now could repeat themselves five, 10 years down the road. And uh, we have to be prepared for that. So, you know, our involvement would be to kind of get everybody to step back, take a look at the processes as a whole, and see if we cannot develop a mechanism by which we could um, redefine the processes, make something a little bit more machine learning oriented. Okay. Notice I did not use artificial intelligence. <laughs> okay. and, and kind of push those processes out. Uh, there is a development project that Global Data Sciences is working on uh, right now, okay, um, called the Predicate Studio Project, and that mm -hmm. is a um, uh, an aspect of you know, taking some hardware and software and developing uh, basically uh, a machine learning template, if you will, for you know, people that are looking again to sell items to whoever, and you just start following the script. Something like that could be easily adapted to space. 
So when you look at, at these kinds of processes, do you feel like it's going to be um, that, that eventually there will be that manufacturing on the moon? There will be the kinds of things that are happening that will, that will, the supply chain has to come back the other way. It has to come from the moon back to the earth, from the Mar from Mars back to the earth, from asteroids back to the earth. And how, how will those supply chains be able to function efficiently? Okay, so what we're going to have to do in this process is make sure that everything we're talking about here, as far as developing for the future, is bi-directional. Sure. It has to be. And again, right now, what we what right now what we have is this opportunity. There's no manufacturing on the moon. Mm-hmm. There's no manufacturing on Mars. But we have the ability to begin developing the foundation and the standards to make sure that uh, once that occurs, okay, there's a solid bi-directional method in regarding communication as well as currency exchange or payment. Okay, because you know everybody one way or another, okay, if you're <laughs> to use a Star Trek term, you could be paying in credits. <laughs> but I mean, all of that needs to be, all of that needs to be thought out because sure. as civilization expands, okay. I'm you know, I'm certain we're gonna we're not gonna want to have one particular entity, no matter who it is on earth, be able to control that part of the process. You know, materials have to be bought, they have to be sold okay um finished goods has to be have to be paid for okay and uh if you don't have those processes in place the the disruptions could be huge and i'll use this scenario that you know let's just say as we expand life on mars okay Mm -hmm. and we we find out that there's some very critical things that could be done in the martian manufacturing environment or the uh, uh you know, growth as far as, uh, um, you know, growing items on Mars and so forth that could really have a positive effect in humanity here on Earth. Well, doggone it, we don't want to get hung up by the fact we did not think the process. Sure. And, and you have to wonder if maybe cryptocurrency isn't the beginning of that Star Trek credit kind of scenario. It, it kind of really has that feel to it sometimes. It, it does. But again, you know, I think it's, it's still, my opinion is, is, is this, is it's still in its infancy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it work. We've seen other issues and so forth, but, you know, I do think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, crypto or at least a, um, a blockchain developed mechanism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would be awesome. But uh, again, it has to be thought out. Uh, everybody's got to be on the same page with it. And what you can't have is in the middle of a, you know, a large uh, exchange process of materials, for example, somebody come out and say, well, now we're going to shift to this currency. Okay. Right. Well, where did that come from? Okay. But those are <laughs> things we build into the process. And that's what's going to have to happen. One thing more, Michael, if you would look out over the next 10 to 15 years or so in space commerce and the role you see your company playing in it and tell us what you see. Okay, so our role is, uh, in essence, obviously we're going to, uh, uh, you know, kick our involvement to the next level. We have some technologies that uh, I touched on. One, uh, we have some technologies that we're in the process of developing. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you know, in addition to that, I think that uh, um, again, we we have to be forward thinking. Okay. We all do. Now, here's the here's the thing. You know, in the next, it, it used to be back in back in my day. Okay, a long time ago. Okay, um, 
if you're going to manufacture a product, okay, and I'm talking from design to distribution um, back in the day, that could be roughly 18 months to three years, depending on what you're trying to develop, right? And over time, I've seen that shrink dramatically. Okay, mm-hmm. now, we're, now we're down to the point where uh, things could occur within several weeks. Somebody could come up with an idea or a concept and get that turned around, you know, by means of 3D printing or other technologies that are out there and get things, you know, to the market for testing within a very, very short period of time. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Now, what that tells me, though, is to have a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to work because the frequency of change and so forth. Okay, we could put a 10-year plan out there. But uh, again, if the, you know, the politics changes or, or whatever, um, you know, that could be a problem. So I, I tend to look more at the, I know the long-term is where we got to be, okay? Right. But short-term initiatives to get certain aspects of the job done are what we have to do in order to be successful. So getting everybody on the same page and making sure that, and yes, okay, there will be people that will, you know, we may have to step back and say, you know what, we'll agree to disagree, okay? Mm-hmm. But the mission needs to be accomplished. And here's the key. Everybody does need to, A, understand the mission, okay? Mm-hmm. B, uh, basically get any questions answered they have. And if there are questions that cannot be answered, then those need to be addressed, and we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Michael. Appreciate your time. Okay. Michael Mansky is president and CEO of Global Data Sciences. That is going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Be sure to click on subscribe so you can stay up to date on developments in space commerce and be notified when we post new videos. You can also get daily space commerce news at xterrajsc.com. One thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at XterraJSC. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for joining us.